Hey there, this is Therese Skelly, and I am so excited that you are going to be listening to an episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. Do you like those two words? Fiercely Brilliant. My hypothesis is that you are here for a reason. We all are. Our souls have led us on journeys that have very often taken some twists and turns, and sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes there's struggle, and there's loss, and there's challenge, and in the middle of that, there's always the way out. And it's those times that often lead us into our great life and work. So you're going to hear stories in these episodes of myself and other beautiful people that share the journey. They share how they got to the place where they're standing, working in their brilliance and being the powerful leaders that they are. So stay tuned and enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, this is Therese and this is another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. And today is a super special episode because up to now, all my guests have been women. And I was interviewed by Tomas Garza on his show recently. And I just was like, oh dude, you were going to be the first man. Not, not Not that we've been trying to exclude the men, but you know, I just have a lot of connections and colleagues that are of the female gender. So I'm so excited you're going to love Tomas. And so, so, you know, this show is about being fiercely brilliant and guess what? That's not limited to just females. And it's also not limited to females to be intuitive and perceptive and follow the guidance. Right. And so I was so excited when I met Tomas, I'm like, Oh dude. (laughs) So we're sort of, you know, how like, like uh, Kamala Harris's husband is the first gentleman. Well, Tomas, you are the, you're the, I guess he's the second gentleman. You're the first gentleman. <laughs> All right. That Great makes you honor. the president. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Woo-hoo. Okay. So what, so I always like to start, like, just tell us like what you do and what you love about it. Okay. Well, and, well, as, as, as you know, I'm a podcast host. And I love the connection with people. I love podcasting, radio shows, and media. The ability to to connect with people and to give them space. As a host, I give people space to go deep with their own stories. And it's it's quite a bit of healing energy. So I really love that component. And also, I'm, I'm a meditation teacher and a spiritual teacher. So I just show up and, and teach. And that's a different way of holding space for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You, you were a great interviewer. I love that. So oh, thank you. Cause I know you didn't just fall off the turnip Trump into podcasting. Right. So, so how did, how did you land there? I landed there in a way that I'd never, ever expected. I had known about podcasts for a long time, but I never really listened to them when they first came out. I just thought, okay, well, that's, that's cool. But it wasn't until 2019 when I wrote a book and was looking at different ways of getting my message out and marketing at where I turned to podcasting. And I've, I've done a little bit of radio, but it was years ago. It was years ago in college. I did a little bit for a short period of time. And I discovered that I really loved podcasting. Yeah, that's nice. And you have such the great voice, right? Like, I could, of course you should do radio. Oh my gosh. So what I know about you is that you have a very cool story, a very cool story. Um, you know, like when I was on your episode, your intuition said, 
what's the hardest or the most important, the most significant decision you ever made? And I was like, oh gosh, whoa, what a question. And I posted that on my Facebook wall and you wrote your story. And I was like, oh my gosh, what a cool story. So, so, you know, this episode, these episodes feature people that have done hard things, feature people that have made really hard choices, seemingly seemingly almost crazy choices or choices that went against the grain of what they were supposed to do or what they were conditioned to do or what their families wanted to do. And you are the epitome of following your heart, or I should say your guidance, whatever that was. So, so I want to just dive in right there because that's a, okay. it's a cool place to start. Mm. Uh, it's a long story. Um, and, and I've shared a little bit of this with you, but for, for all of the, the people tuning in here, your listeners and viewers, this is, uh, it's about going against my conditioning, my upbringing, and it's a story that took a long time. So what you're looking at today is the result of getting in my own way. <laughs> a lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the club, sunshine. Like we're out, <laughs> we're it, right? So. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've always, I've always had the inclinations I have right now for meditation, for, for spirituality, intuitive hits, things like that. And mm-hmm. um, it's always just come really, really naturally mm-hmm. to me. And it wasn't the way I was raised. So my dad is a U.S. Marine. So you all know what that bringing <laughs> is like um, and what that actually means so it's a completely different mindset it's a different mentality and you know what that i was actively discouraged from having um, a spiritual life and and practice it's just that it wasn't emphasized Mm -hmm. it wasn't favored instead things like education favored which is great that's not a bad thing but uh, in, in my family growing up, I had a, some serious, serious conditioning based on social status, such as in our family, we only do certain things like doctor, lawyer, oh, and politician, right? Uh, pronounced famous human with status, oh, status, with, with emphasis on the status <laughs> component. So it was no surprise to me as a young man that I found myself in law school and uh, really hating it and not Mm -hmm. enjoying the experience, not enjoying myself. That was a result of of the conditioning. So fast forward to a a really, really against the grain decision. Most time in in a graduate school. I mean, if if you've been to graduate school, you know that there's a funnel. There's a funnel. It's a psychological and social funnel (laughs) to do a certain thing. And in law school, it's go and clerk for a major law firm. Now, clerking for those unfamiliar is, well, it's paid uh, a lot of the time, but it's just a step above slave labor in the sense (laughs) that they expect you to work 20 hour days and uh, after school uh, and I went up to I went to law school up in Portland Oregon, and I would run into uh, colleagues and friends of mine at 11 o'clock at night I was out at a bar and they were back to the office to complete a project at 11 11 30 p.m and I, I was really happy that I didn't choose that life so at the end of school having graduated having paid thousands of dollars of my money Etc. Of course, right? 
And, and this was in the 1990s. So I shudder to think of how much that tuition mm-hmm. costs right now. It's probably three or four times as right, much. Right. But I made the decision not to sit for the bar exam, which was contrary to what everyone else thought I should be doing. My family, uh, my my friends, and my um, well, including my then wife as well at the time. So it was against what everybody wished for me, which clearly was not my happiness. <laughs> so. Online, like make us proud, right? Continue that, continue that social status legacy. Well, so mm-hmm. how did you? Because there was all this pressure and the expectation, right? And and a lot of people just get, well, I have to because I. You, know, you could have said, I already did the law school. I'm already married. I'm already like you were there. So what was the internal mechanism to to like start listening to maybe to the discontent? or following the little voice that was like, you can do something else. Like, like talk about that. Cause I think a lot of people don't want to hear that stuff because it's very inconvenient, right? It's super inconvenient. It is, it is. And, and that voice was always pronounced. Now what was also pronounced at the time, and this was, you know, 25 years ago was my own stubbornness in, in tamping that voice down. Yeah. I did do quite a bit of that because it would hit me at 11 o'clock at night when I was studying and um, it was driving rain outside. So those of you familiar with the Pacific Northwest, it's real green for a reason. And that's a slow, steady drizzle that <laughs> falls consistently from October to May. And now we're in Arizona. In the desert, baby. Got none of that. <laughs> Yes, that was a great conscious choice as well. But um, I I just would be suffering through hundreds and hundreds of pages of appellate court readings and homework and uh, just a lot, a a lot of work, a lot of of soul searching and and finding that I'm really not enjoying this, but I found a way to stubbornly move through. It turned out to be a good decision in the end. But it was not easy. It was not easy to do that. But how? Like, like I, I want to like, like literally deconstruct that. The moment where you said, "Oh, I'm done," and then you actually had to probably tell your wife, "Oh, I'm done." Those are big conversations. Like this, because a lot of us get the intuitive nudges, and usually we ignore them because it's so life-shattering. Or we go, "No, that can't be true. That's crazy." You know what I mean? Because I'm on the path. And so I think for people, because I'm always asked, like, how do you know if what you're getting is truth or not? How do you trust that? Maybe you're just screwing yourself up. You know, what I mean? maybe it's maybe you're possessed by the sign. <laughs> so like, mm. how do I guess that's two questions. Sorry. As a therapist, you're supposed to only ask one question. I was trained better than this. <laughs> oh, wow. So number one, number one, how did you have those conversations? Like, how did you face that? But, but even more so, how did you? How did you allow yourself to come to the truth? Well, I started paying attention to myself. So I get intuitive hits. People get them in different parts of the body, but I, I get I get it in a solar plexus. And when something doesn't resonate, when the answer is no, I get it, it crunching like an accordion. And it feels like the weight of the entire planet is collapsing oh. down on me. Oh. And that's the, yeah, you better not do this. <laughs> And I finally began to 
pay attention to it. Now, I did actually go so far as to write to the Oregon State Bar and, and request the bar application. Okay. But I never filled it out. That was a conversation uh, that, that uh, well, I, I won't share all details of that. But the day I threw the bar application in the trash and <laughs> stated that, that is exactly what I had done and was really happy with that decision. It was uh, that was a fight. That was a fight. That was not the most pleasant afternoon, but. I just finally said, you know what? I can't do this anymore and threw it away. I feel that. I feel that for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's listening, because this really is a story of, do you choose your own happiness or do you choose the expectation of others and and even the path, like you are on the path? So how, how does one make that choice if they're struggling? What always helped me is, is a, a knowledge, whether I chose to go with it or not, knowledge that we actually are happiness, joy. It's actually who we are. What? Our joy. <laughs> we are. Well, this is our truest essence. And the more we are willing to open up to that and allow that to happen, I mean, even if it's just entertaining the thought yeah. for one second, yeah. helps. I mean, it's turning. It's like turning on for me. It's like turning on a light in a dark room. Okay, so hold on. So you were in a military family, <laughs> conditioned for social status. I didn't yes. hear, just go be happy, Tomas. That's enough. Like so. So you had to break, as we all do. You had to break a whole bunch of conditioning. So. Yeah. so how did it land like, oh, I'm not my title. I'm not my prestige. I'm not my income. The truth of me is that I'm just happiness. Like that feels kind of like a lot of stuff had to fall away. It's it, it. And I'm, I'm really fortunate that I had, I had a lot of supports for the, despite the fact, despite the way I was raised, despite the conditioning for social status. And however other people see you as being more important than your own happiness and who you really are as a person, despite all of that, in my sophomore year of high school, I had a geometry teacher that liked to meditate um. and completely unexpectedly, he's, he would have us meditate at the start of class every day. For, and yeah, I got, it, got, got him for a year. And it was great. Yeah. And it was the mid eighties. I was a teenager. I was a Mm -hmm. sophomore in high school and I started a daily meditation practice Mm -hmm. with just unexpected showing up and getting assigned this teacher for geometry and other kids roll their eyes and things like that and try to be cool and and stupid. Why are we doing Right, right, right. I really resonated with it, which at first surprised me. And then I realized, yeah, there's, there's no surprise here. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I like the way that it makes me feel. Uh, I like how I am showing up this way. So it became a habit. Mm-hmm. So you had some, you had a role model a little bit and you had some support and it just became part of just, just your being who you are. Yeah, Exactly. Did you ever 
have, you know, we talked earlier and because I'm joking, like you're the first man, the first gentleman, you know, and you said, yeah, I've, I've often been the first in women's circles or circles where it's more feminine energy. Yeah. And so, because I think we just go, oh, men are Neanderthals. Not that we don't, like we, we really don't, but it, but it feels like, oh, women have the, you know, the market on being in the feminine energy or the intuitive energy. So, so can you talk about what it's like to be a man that holds a lot of that, right? That yeah. Very um, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I'll, I'll say more than that. Um, I, I think it, it's, it's actually quite natural. And, um, you know, I mean, we can look at, at society and, and you can place generalizations and stereotypes are, are stereotyped for a reason. That's the way I've always felt about that. Because you don't see a lot of guys owning the feminine side of life. Because it doesn't make you less masculine, in fact, to be intuitive. Every human being is intuitive. Women don't have a corner on the market okay. on that. It just this is not that way. Just like men don't have a corner on of the market on work, 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 task, task, task. We don't have that either. Each of us has both of those energies, masculine and feminine, present. And to be honest with you, the more spiritual I've become, the more I've evolved myself spiritual practice, the more masculine I've become as a person. To oh. a great extent, actually. Mic drop moment on that one. That's <laughs> very cool. <laughs> very cool. So what are you up to in business that is different? Like, how do you do things differently with your blending of the two? You know, I have a friend that calls it bro marketers, you know, the, the, the very masculine dominated, you know, pound of payment, work, 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 you know. Um, so how do you how do you use this in business to Create success. Well, it's uh, it's always been about a balance because it's a time for driven action and clarity and those traits with masculine energy. And there's also a real need for flow mm -hmm. and for okay. allowing. All of spirituality is about allowing. Mm -hmm. It's about getting out of our own way. So there's a need for both. And in business, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a, a business partner who's a woman. And uh, it is very, it's a very interesting, a very interesting dynamic in that way. Uh, the, he uh, schedules way more appointments than I do. <laughs> so <laughs> she's involved. She, I mean, I schedule a lot of them because I love to network and, yeah, and communicate. Yeah. With even more, more go, go. of that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, the, you know, we, we interview a lot of people for podcasts together and it's a different dynamic. And, um, you know, I find myself kind of holding, uh, holding the, uh, the space in, in that kind of traditional masculine role, but there's really a dynamic and an interplay. And, uh, you know, to me, it all blends together. And in, in business, I think that uh, it's important to they're important skills to be able to to tap into because we all see people that burn we burn ourselves out i burned myself out in business before i've burned myself out serving on a board of directors and overextending myself and all of that i think everybody can relate absolutely absolutely it's that it's that overgiving figuring you know being in the wrong energy 
All right, what else do I ask you? Um, talk more about, because you're really a master of tapping into intuition. So I want to hear more about, like if somebody was just listening and saying, but how do I trust? Because you've had a very visceral experience in your solar plexus. Like you, you know how to identify that for you. So how do people know like, oh, that's a voice of intuition or the, the experience of intuition versus fear or somebody else's energy being put on you? How would you answer that? Um, I think that um, for me, the key has been meditation practice. That, that's really key for me. So for me, it's a spiritual path, spiritual practice. I would say for um, and that whatever you do to um, create joyful, more relaxed states, whatever self-care looks like for you, whether it's a walk down the street or in the park or a hike or a hot bath or a good book, uh, whatever it is, whatever somebody's self-care is, it's actually more important than we think it is because it enables us to relax enough to get out of our own way and to be able to see things and be able to trust our own gut feeling, so to speak. I get it in, in my solar plexus. Other people get it in other parts of their body. And, um, you know, how do you know? Well, I mean, I think that you do just sort of know, but there's no way to create that kind of awareness if you're running around frantic all the time. Exactly. Uh, there's got to be, I mean, I'm all for, I mean, I've got a calendar full of appointments the next couple of days, like a lot of people, like I'm, in, I'm an entrepreneur. So yeah, that yeah. like that, right? life is like that. And uh, it's pretty booked up more than, more than usual. But, you know, we, we all have a tendency to get run over by our own lives. And we've, we've got to take that step back, whatever that looks like. Okay, I love that. We have the tendency to get run over by our own lives. <laughs> and so, so what you know, it's it's really cool. I hear the self-care piece because when I said, how do you get in tune with your intuition? Basically, you need to create space. Yeah. And and so, and and I also want to say, I don't think intuition comes with fear, you know, like because I think sometimes you when you're up to something bigger, it's easy to be like, Wah! either overwhelm or like, holy crap, can I? I don't know that that's the voice of intuition. What do you think? Right. Yeah, I think intuition, like real intuition, yeah. like we're talking about, and fear are mutually exclusive. Exactly. exactly. They're completely incompatible. Okay. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So what do you do, Tomas? I mean, and maybe, you know, you're, you're pretty advanced in this. Was there a time when you were like a toddler in this because <laughs> because sometimes like we have an opportunity where we're up, we want to do something big and then there's the little voice that's like ah, who am I oh my gosh you know like that because that's so sometimes like I think our intuition guides us somewhere it says this is yours and then our brain or our fear or old conditioning kicks in and pollutes it with all the stuff yes so, so how either did you or do you navigate those places well, I'm much able, I'm much better able to do that now as an adult, <laughs> as, an adult uh, as opposed to uh, when I was a kid. Because when you're a kid, you just don't really have any any way of doing it differently. This doesn't work because uh, you know you have a um, you have virtual power <laughs> in the world people tell you what to do all the time and you know your brain your body is still developing you're trying to figure out 
your place in everything. And, you know, we all have this conditioning and no fault of our own. Our, our parents had it, the schools, all of our teachers had conditioning from their parents and teachers and so on and so on. So ultimately it's not about blaming anyone or anything. We just show up and then we make a decision right now in the moment. And that's what it's all about. I mean, are we going to choose love? Or are we going to choose fear? Are we going to choose happiness? Or are we going to argue for our limitations? Again, for the 15,000 times, <laughs> maybe more than that. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I don't think that is only children, because I think there are a lot of adults that are stuck in the conditioning. And so what mm-hmm. I love about your story is, especially coming from a military family with very strict this is how you get the love. This is the expectation. You're such a beautiful demonstration of no, when you understand that your core is love and your path should be choosing love, choosing joy, choosing what would feel light in your body or what would set your soul on fire. How do you burn up the conditioning? And I heard just one choice at a time, one minute at a time, one decision at a time. Is there anything else you would say to like finish that thought? That's it. I mean, that's it. That That's our, our free will is it's right now because our mind dwells on yesterday or next week. It's anywhere but right now. And this is, I mean, really, it may sound trite to to people, but it's, it's true. It's the truth. This is uh, the only moment that you have. So it's about a decision right now, a decision you make right now. Well, you have another decision to make the next moment. And if you continue to choose love, if you continue to choose you know, your best self, your highest self, then, then that propels you forward and you end up creating a completely different experience. Mm-hmm. And um, well, if you don't believe us, try it sometime. I, I was going to go there. You know me, I'm going to make it practical. So if somebody is like, I love that idea, but that sounds a little esoteric. Mm-hmm. Are there questions you could ask yourself? Are there things to look at? Like, like, how do you ground that so people can go, oh, wait, because here's the thing, like we can, when we're not regressed, we're like, oh, absolutely. I have access to my higher self. But when you're in a tailspin, when you have, you know, I just got over COVID when you're sick or when you're, you know, you're struggling with things, you're like, I don't know that we have all the resources of our, of our higher cognitive function, right? So if somebody is a little like, ah, in a spin, basically, or a little regressed or a little vulnerable or a little like hopeless or scared, throw them a lifeline. Like, what are the questions or how do you, how do you help them get to that state? Uh, a lot. That that state of it doesn't feel like you have any access to higher consciousness at all. I mean, and in those states, it doesn't even really exist. But I can share what worked for me is um, eventually I would get when I was in a really, really bad place to a state of mind where I was able to um, just remember my own self care. And even if it was just to take a walk around the block or something like that. And uh, if you're stressed out, I mean, even I mean, there were times where I just turned on the televisions and watched mindless TV and that worked. It worked really well. Why? Because I got my mind off of, off exactly. of Good. what's going on. So yeah, there are many things we can do. And that's what for me is just do something different, a change of scenery, maybe. Those are all good. Well, you know, Tony Robbins says, 
you don't have depression, you do depression. You don't have anxiety, you do anxiety. And it's talking, mm-hmm. it's talking about states. And so what Tomas and I are talking about is if you're in a state you don't like, choose another state, choose another state. And the way to do it is to move your body, shift something, you know, don't, you don't, because you know, your brain's going to be fixated and, and, you know, those looping thoughts, you know, and so I love that. Get outside, play with the dog, eat something, you know, jump around, just, just, that's the start. And I love that you said when you're there, you can't access the higher states. So you can't go from, you know, the basement to the, <laughs> like in, in hotels, like second basement down to like the penthouse. So it's a, it's a, a gradual way to, and how can yeah. I shift and how can I shift and how can I yeah, you just can't tell somebody that's in that loop um, in, in the moment. Hey, choose love, man. Get over it. <laughs> they, might, they might want to slap you for that one, right? Because they're an at the opposite of love. So anyway. Wow. That doesn't quite work. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But it's true. And I think it's easy. That's why I want to break it down all the time, because it's easy to just throw the platitudes out. But if somebody's sitting there going, how the hell do I do that? Like that doesn't, that doesn't even land. And so what I know is when your physiology is jacked up, you can also do, you know, tapping is a great one. YouTube, yes. go to YouTube EFT4 because you have to get your physiology settled down. So you have access to your resourceful self and not your wounded or traumatized or <laughs> blown out of the water self, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are all great tools. And we're really fortunate here in the 21st century. I mean, I really, it's not just because I'm a podcaster and here we are online. I I firmly believe it. We have access to all of these tools. So each of us does. If we make the choice to want to seek out, choose a different state, then we do that. I love it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one last question. I want you to tap into your intuition or go to your heart and what wants to be shared with this audience? What wisdom or what, what little love nugget are you going to deliver to this audience that's going to be listening and watching it? Well, I would say that there's nothing special about me. Nothing special in the way of extraordinary about us. This is something that all of you have the ability to do. Each of us has the ability to tap into our own intuition. Each of us has the ability to choose love. And what you see when you see someone that that you admire is someone who has fallen down a lot and chosen again, gotten up and chosen yet again. So yeah, this is something that we all have access to. Oh, I just got goosebumps. So that was beautiful. That was really, really well said. Thank you for that. Because this show is about, when I cry, this show is about hope and inspiration. And I love how you said the difference between you and I or you and them is that there's no difference except we just keep getting up and getting up and getting up and getting up and getting up. And that's it. That's it. That's the story of life, right? You just choose again, you get up. And that was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm sitting at this. I just have to like bow to the Buddhist monk here. Like that was so wise. (laughs) I mean, you said so much good during this, this call but i'm like that was freaking brilliant that one really struck me so thank you for that beautiful drop oh yeah thank you Uh, okay so i'm thinking folks want to follow the first gentleman so um where do they find you how can they follow you just give give your contact information from all right well a a couple of ways that that people can reach me the, the name of 
my podcast is Decide to Transform. Mm-hmm. And, well, Teresa, you've been a guest, and our show will be coming out in a few weeks. So that's fun. Just decide to Transform anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you like, you can give that a listen. And on Facebook, I'm all over Facebook. It's, it's Tomas, T-O-M-A-S, Garza. And also, I want to invite you to our Facebook community, Podcast Prosperity. And that is, um, that's partner Lisa and I have a community. That's our business where we help people develop their own podcasts. And it's anyone that wants to be a podcast guest, anybody that may have their own show, anyone that wants to network with people who do find guests, a really, really fun interactive community called Podcast Prosperity. And email is a great way. Tomas at tomasgarza.com. Okay, and we will have all those those links in the show notes as well. And it's just been a delight to interview you. And I just love your energy, appreciate your wisdom, and I have been blessed to be here with you. And I know the listeners will feel the same. Again, thank you for tuning in. And as usual, if you enjoyed what you heard, leave a review because the more reviews you get, the more people get exposed to the podcast, right? My expert podcaster can confirm. Right. Yes. <laughs> so, so leave a review, leave comments, send lots of love, and be sure to follow Tomas. And peace and blessings. I'm so appreciative that you were here with us today. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been delightful. Take care. Bye. Hey, this is Therese, and I'm so excited that you were with us today for another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. You know, if you are inspired to get to that brilliant place. If you heard some wisdom today that made you think, yeah, I need some help in that area, I would encourage you to have a conversation with me. Super simple. You just go to treeskelly.com forward slash let's connect. It's a no charge, no pressure conversation. And if I can support you to clear the blocks, to really step into that brilliance, oh my gosh, it would be a delight. And I'll be honest with you, we'll just have a great conversation and see where we can take it. Peace and blessings. Bye.